Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina who is accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our look at the testimony of Lieutenant Britt Dove, the SLED expert in digital forensics who answered questions about Maggie Murdoch's phone activity and pinpointed the last moments that she used the device. In this installment, we continue our look at the prosecution's direct examination of Lieutenant Dove. That's all coming up right after the break. 2023 as we begin this episode, the prosecutor directs Lieutenant Dove to describe some of that additional log data. I'm going to direct your attention to line 4354. Yes, sir, I can see 4354. And what's the date and time associated with that log? 4354, the date associated is 6 7 2021 at 8.30.23 p.m. UTC minus 4. And what is that data entry? That entry shows um, Poshmark buy and sell fashions. Would that be a website? Yes, sir. And what does that indicate to you uh, was occurring on his phone at that time? That it was possibly running in the background. Uh, would this be a website that had been previously accessed on his phone? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I'm going to show you a, a, a series of entries starting at 4404 here. I want to see if you can read that. Yes, sir. And above that is 4403, correct? Yes, sir. And what is that line entry we see at 4403? It is. It shows that the display was on, and that was obtained from the Knowledge Seed database. Uh, this is all June 7, 2021, correct? Yes, sir. And the time on that one is at 8.49.20 p.m. UTC minus 4. It shows as a start time. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, display on. What does that mean? It's when your screen lights up. Um, it's the easiest way I can describe it. And there can be a variety of reasons why it would light up. Right. Well, let's talk about some reasons. Uh, why don't you listen, please? If you receive a notification, whether it's a call, a text message, if you have it set to receive notifications from an app, like the CBS app that was previously on there, you receive those notifications, your screen, if it's your phone sitting down and not being used, it'll light up to let you know that you received the notification. It can also receive, it can light up if you have too much vibration. 
sometimes. If you're walking around tossing your phone up and down, um, sometimes it can light up. There's various reasons why what could cause it to light up. Could bumping the phone light up the screen? Yes, sir, it could. Could picking a phone up light up the screen? Yes, sir. Of those reasons you gave, some of them sound like there could be human caused, correct? Yes, sir. Um, and some of them sound like could be processes that are on the phone itself and requires no external human inter interaction, correct? Correct. Bumping a phone, that's a human interaction. If someone physically bumps a phone, correct? Yes, sir. But if a notification comes in and the screen lights up, is that something necessarily the user calls? No, sir. So it could just happen on its own? Yes, sir. So let's look at line 4404, the line below that. I think we've got the date established, but what time is that line at 8? Excuse me, on line 4404. It shows a time of 8.49.26 p.m. UTC minus 4 as a start time. Okay, what kind of data entry is that? It appears to be an SMS or a text message that the phone was processing. And then below that, on line 4405, we see a device event, correct? Yes, sir. At the same time, correct? Yes, sir. And what does this say? It says that the 8.49.26 p.m. is an end time, and it shows device locked. Okay. Well, let's look at 44.06 below it. What kind of event is that? That shows an event of a, the device unlocked. Okay. So the phone's unlocked at 8.49.26, correct? Yes, sir. Line below that, 44.07, we see the display is back on, correct? Yes, sir. It shows display on. Well, what did we just previously talk about that happened at 849.27? That's when a text message was received. Was it received or read at that point? If I would have to go back and look at the report. I believe it was read. It was read? Yes, sir. And so when you see this sequence of events on this uh, timeline log, what would you associate that with knowing the fact that there was a text message read at that time? That a text message was received on the phone that the phone was unlocked to read the text message. Uh, and, and I think I might find that report again, which is uh, 282. Just to refresh your memory, why don't you go back and look at that event at 849.27. I believe it was the, the text thread from the family members. Yes, sir, I found it. And what time did that text message arrive on the phone? It arrived at 831.47 p.m. Right. And what time is it read? It's read at 849.27 p.m. Okay. And so just so we don't get things confused or mixed up, that text message had been on the phone for quite for a few minutes anyway by that point, correct? Yes, sir. But it wasn't read until 849.27, correct? Correct. All right. Let's keep going here for a minute. All right. Let's look at line 4409. Right. You see that line on your screen, sir? Yes, sir. Okay. And what is this line? What does this represent? This is a line that indicates the start of an orientation change of the phone. Okay. And what is an orientation change? An orientation change would be if you take your phone, it's considered portrait if you're holding it straight up. If you turn it to the side, it's considered landscape, and that would be changing the orientation of it from straight up to sideways. So what can cause an orientation change? It would have to be somebody moving the phone. As far as if I'm holding my phone up to talk to somebody or to look at something on the scrolling, and then I hold it down by my side, it's going to cause it to change orientation. Or if I rotate it in my hand to watch a video, it's going to cause an orientation. So could picking up a phone to read a text message cause an orientation change? Yes, sir, depending on where you're holding it to start with. And can you think of any process on a phone that will cause an orientation change to log other than a human holding the phone? No, sir, not that I've seen. Well, one possibility I'm going to ask you about is, say, a phone's dropped. 
Should that cause an orientation change? It would have to tumble end over end, like down steps, for instance, and it would have to be on to be able to record that orientation change. Let's go down to line 4412. Do you see that, sir? Yes, sir, I do. And what does that line show? That line shows the, the start time of the device being locked. Okay, and what time is that? It's at 8. 49.31 p.m. UTC minus 4. And I can hand this phone to you, or excuse me, this report back to you. We'll come back to this. Uh, I'm having you look through this report. Uh, so the, the, the phone was locked at 8.49.31, correct? Yes, sir. Can you look in that report and determine if at any point later that night the phone was unlocked? I do see on here where it does show that the lock stage ended on 6 8 2021 at 1 10 35 p.m. UTC minus 4. And that's the next day, correct? Yes, sir. That's the next afternoon at 1 10 p.m. Okay. So that phone was locked between 8 49 31 and 1 10 p.m. the next day, correct? Yes, sir. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. After eliciting testimony from Lieutenant Britt Dove that Maggie Murdoch's phone was locked from 8.49 p.m. on June 7, 2021 until 1.10 p.m. on June 8, 2021, Prosecutor John Conrad asks the witness about activity indicated that happened on the phone while it was locked after 8.49 p.m. on June 7. And I'm going to go right back to look at line 44.14, excuse me, 44.13. Um, we just discussed 4412, which is the phone being locked at 84931, correct? Yes, sir. Do you see any entries? What time is the next entry on this report? The next event on the log shows a display off at 8.5308 p.m. Is there anything that occurred on this report uh, between those two times on this phone? Not on the device um, activities report or the device event report. Uh, and at 8.5308, what do we see? We see that it's the end time for the display off. Okay, and that's line 4413? Yes, sir. And then we see at 4414, what happened? It's an orientation change. And then 4415, what happens? The display comes on. You just said it was an orientation change, correct? Yes, sir. And what does that, from your expert opinion, tell you is going on with this phone? It's an end time for an orientation change from the landscape. In my opinion, the phone's going from being landscaped, being held like this in a position like this, to going into a, the portrait position, which is up. And you previously testified that uh, there's only a very small number of things that can cause an orientation change, correct? Correct. And it's most likely that that's a human-caused event, correct? Correct. However, you can't testify to today as to uh, who held that phone at that time, correct? Correct. The 853.24, that's line 4417, what do you see again? It shows an end time for orientation change 
from portrait. And then we see at lines 4418 and 4419, we see the display come on and off, correct? Yes, sir. It shows the end time of display on, and then it shows the start time of display off. We'll go to the bottom of that page, and we'll look at lines 4428 and 4427. What do you see there? On 4428, it shows the start time at 8.54.40 p.m. of the orientation change to landscape. At 44.29, it shows the end time, which is at 8.54.44 p.m., orientation change from landscape. And my apologies, I meant to direct you to uh, lines 44.26 and 44.27. What do you see in those lines? On those lines, it shows at 8.54.34 p.m., it shows the start time of the camera and the phone. And how long is that camera on for? that you can tell it appears to be on for one second one second all right so that camera's on for one second in your opinion what does that tell you is happening on this phone it appears the phone's being moved and the camera's activating in the background to see if it would recognize somebody's face that would unlock it so the phone is attempting to face unlock correct yes sir that's what it appears but you just testified that after 8 uh, the phone never unlocked, correct? Correct. So with this camera entry, uh, does the phone successfully unlock? No, sir. Now, can you tell us what that camera was looking at? Do you have any data that would suggest specifically what the camera was looking at? No, sir. I don't know what the camera was being pointed at. So you could, it could be looking at the ground? Yes, sir. The sky? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, somebody's face other than Maggie Murdoch? Yes, sir. But... If that camera had seen Maggie Murdoch's face, what would you expect to happen? I would expect for it to unlock. All right. Let's look at line 4434, and this is at time 855.32. What do you see there, sir? It shows the end time for orientation portrait, which means it was ending in that orientation. So, again, at that time, would it be your opinion that phone was held in somebody's hand? Yes, sir. Okay. And let's look real quick. The bottom of that page, and that's line 4441. And what is that information there? And 4441 is comes from the activity sensor sensor data, and that's at nine o'clock even p.m. And it shows steps. It also shows distance traveled. Okay. And and let's talk about the steps for a minute. You produced another report that specifically focused on steps that you pulled from this phone, correct? Yes, sir. Correct. And that shows more uh, granular data of when steps occurred than this report shows, correct? Correct. Uh, and so just because we see 9 o'clock on this report, does that mean that steps occurred exactly at 9 o'clock on this phone? No, sir. It's the 2 after the 9 o'clock on that, which means it would be a range okay. as far as example would be like 9 to 10 for the total and, steps. And you prepared another report that would show specific steps at, at, during a specific time range, correct? Yes, sir. All right, let's look at line 4447. What do you see there? 4447 shows from the call log database an incoming call at 9.04.23 p.m. Okay, and was that, who's that call from? It's from phone number 1-803-942-1227-PA. And that's the call that we discussed in Maggie's specific call log, correct? Yes, sir, it is. And that's at 904.23, correct? Yes, sir. And was that call answered? No, sir. It showed no time that that call was answered. 
In his earlier questioning of Lieutenant Dove, Prosecutor Conrad established that this missed call was from the defendant Alex Murdoch's phone. All right, let's look at the bottom of that page, line 4454, at 906.12, what do we see there? At 906.12 shows the start time of an orientation change to portrait. And again, in your opinion, what does that tell you about whether this phone is in someone's hand? In my opinion, it would be in somebody's hand that was changing it from landscape up to portrait, lifting it. And that's at 906 and 12 seconds, correct? Yes, sir. Let's go to line... 4456. Can you read that, sir? Yes, sir, I can. Okay. And line 4457. What is line 4456 and 57 associated with? They're associated with a phone call um, that was incoming to Maggie's phone. And what is the time on that call? It's at 9.06.14 p.m. Two seconds after that orientation change, correct? Yes, sir. And that call came after the orientation change, correct? Yes, sir. Your digital forensics can't tell us whose hand that phone was in at that point. Correct. All you could tell us was the phone was locked at that point, correct? Yes, sir. I'm going to hand this back to you. I want you to review this report, and I want to tell you, have you tell us if that is the final orientation change in 906, 12, or not. See if you see any further orientation changes after that point. I do see the end time for the orientation of portrait that it recorded. Okay. What time was that? It was at 9.06.20 p.m. And when you say end time, what do you mean? It's just the time that it recorded that it stopped in recording that portrait mode. I don't see any orientation change to landscape after that in this report. Okay. So at 9.06.12, the orientation change starts, correct? Yes, sir. And 9.06.14, there's an incoming call from Alex, correct? Yes, sir. And after that point, you do not see any more orientation changes, correct? Correct. With these questions and the witnesses' answers, Prosecutor Conrad appears to imply that someone other than Maggie Murdoch was handling her phone in the moments after Alex Murdoch's unanswered calls were received by that phone. You talked about the 906.20 orientation change in time, correct? Yes, sir. And then we see at line 44.61 another incoming call, correct? Yes, sir. That was at 906.51 p.m., and that was from 1-803-942-1227 PA. And that's Alex's phone, correct? Yes, sir. And that's the third phone call within about two minutes from Alex, correct? Yes, sir. And I see an entry at line 4464 at 907. Do you see that, sir? Yes, sir, I do. Uh, and that's a display on and off, correct? Yes, sir. And we've already discussed there could be a number of reasons for that display coming on and off, correct? Yes, sir. And the data you see on the phone is not going to be able to tell you exactly why that screen came on, will it? Correct. All right. Line 4466. What is this? 4466 shows text message received incoming at 9.08.58 p.m. Um, from the phone number 1-803-942-1227. Alex to Maggie Murdoch. What does that text say? It says, going to check on M, be right back. All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. That call occurred at 90, the last call from Alex occurred at 906.51, correct? Yes. And the text came from Alex at 908.58, correct? Yes. And this was a text that was never read, I believe you testified to uh, in the previous report, correct? Yes, sir, correct. All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Can you calculate the time between 90651 and 90858, please. It appears to be two minutes and seven seconds. 
There's two minutes and seven seconds between that call from Alex to that text from Alex, correct? Yes, sir, correct. Okay, let's look at lines 4468, and above that's obscure because it's stable, but 4467. See those two entries? Yes, sir. We see that's a mobile SMS at 908.58. Is that a data entry associated with that incoming text from Alex we just talked about? Yes, sir, it is. And what time is that again? It's 9.08.58 p.m. Okay. What's the next entry on that log? The next entry on the log is at 9.31.44 p.m. Shows an end time of display off. And I'm not going to ask you to do the precise math this time. Roughly how many minutes is that between 9.08.58 and 9.31.44? Approximately 22 minutes. For 22 minutes, nothing happens on that phone, correct? Correct. There's no orientation changes. The phone's not unlocked. There's no incoming calls, nothing outgoing, correct? Correct. The phone just sits there for approximately 22 minutes. Correct. Right. And what do we see start happening at 9.31.44? We see that the display comes on is the start time of that. And we've talked about this already. We see the display come on and off a few times in that short span of time at about 9.31 p.m., correct? Yes, sir. But it's just a display coming on. Do you see anything associated with that display coming on? No, sir. Not until approximately the 9.34.14 p.m. At least for this display coming on, there seems to be no cause for that, correct? Correct. And you previously testified the screen coming on doesn't tell you a whole lot, does it? No, sir. It could be the phone is, is being bumped or moved in some way, correct? Yes, sir. It could be the phone's just sitting there. There's some sort of automatic process that causes that phone to light up, correct? Correct. Let's talk about that. You start talking about it, but we see a uh, instant message if, on line 4477, correct? Yes, sir. And that's at what time? That's at 9.34.14 p.m. And which contact is that from? It shows the contact of Rogan. Uh, and what does that text message say? It says, tell Paul to call me. All right. And you previously testified about this in her text message log. Was that text message ever read? No, sir. I'm going to skip down a little bit. And I'm on line 4498, uh, and we see there, it looks like an incoming call, correct? Yes, sir. And who's that from? It is from um, PA with the phone number of 1803-942-1227. And what's that calling to? No, sir. And line 4503, what time is that entry? That entry is at 9.47.23 p.m. And what is that? It is a text message that was received on that from Alex. It says, call me, babe. Yep. And was that text ever read? Uh, I know that's referencing the previous report. No, sir, that text was not read. I'm going to hand this report back to you. And I want to look, have you look at the next few pages. And I want, to tell, want you to tell this jury whether you see anything in your expert opinion that would indicate that anybody actively used that phone after that last text call. Not on 6-7-2021. Okay, I'm going to hand you what's been marked as State's Exhibit 284. Take a look at that and tell us what it is, please. This is an Axiom report by Magnet Forensics that I prepared from Maggie's phone with health data information and steps. Okay. So I include steps from Mag Maggie's phone, correct? Yes, sir. I'm going to direct you to Record 23, excuse me. All right, record 23, what information does this record tell us? This record tells us that 38 steps were recorded by this phone 
on 6-7-2021 at 8-17-41 p.m. was the start time, and the end time was 6-7-2021 at 8-18-29 p.m. How many steps were taken at that time? 38 steps. This is a report that shows the precise time when the steps, at least the phone recorded the steps started and when they stopped, correct? Correct. All right, let's talk about that for a minute. Steps on the phone. How does the phone record steps? How does it decide that there are steps taking place? It's several different ways it can record. It's depending on how the phone's carried as to how many steps it records. If you carry a phone in your hand and you walk, it's going to record more steps. If you carry it on your waist in a phone case, it's not going to record as many steps because it's not detected in the motion. It's not 100% accurate as far as the steps. There are ways that if you're trying to meet your fitness goal, for instance, you can try to trick a phone or a smartwatch into believing you did more activities and more steps than you actually did. So, but at a more fundamental level, what is the phone using to determine what, where the steps are taking place? It's a process running inside the phone that is recording the motion. What does it use to record the motion? As far as... Would it be accelerometers? It would, a lot of times it would be. Um, some of the newer ones are recording actually more than that as far as recording strides and things like that, the newer versions. In your opinion, you know, the steps that phone records, is it always 100% accurate? No. And so this has 38 steps. Does that necessarily mean that whoever was holding the phone actually moved exactly 38 steps? No, sir. But what does it tell you in a more general sense? In a more general sense, it tells me that this phone, somebody was holding this phone, it took steps and it recorded steps. All right. And let me reference back to the previous report. I believe you testified that at 8.17, Maggie's phone was unplugged, correct? Yes, sir, it was. All right. And then at 8.17, we start to see steps again, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Let's look at record 25. And what does this show, record 25? This shows that 43 steps were recorded by the phone at 8.30.40 p.m. was the beginning, and it ended at 8.33.28 p.m. The entry above that says 8.10.31, just above that record 25. What is that entry at 8.10.31? You see that? At 8.10.31, it looks like it's part of a previous record um, from the previous page. It shows the duration of in minutes of 4.58. And so some of these are a little bit out of chronological order, correct? Yes, sir. All right. But the times that are reported in each record is, is accurate, correct? Yes, sir. Even if some of these entries seem to have gotten out of order, correct? Yes, sir. Can you explain why that happened when you, when you made this report? I set it to produce in chronological order. Sometimes, though, when the report goes through, it will not do that. Um, it's just an issue we've had with that report where it'll move it out of chronological order, but the information's still there and it's still accurate. Okay. Let's look at record 26. Uh, what do you see in record 26? In record 26, I see that 59 steps were recorded by the phone at 8.53.15 p.m. It began and end at 8.55.32 p.m. Okay. And again, how many steps was that? It was 59 steps. And I think you previously testified, we were looking at the timeline, it looked like someone was manipulating with that phone, correct? Correct. We saw some orientation changes, correct? Yes, sir, correct. Uh, we saw the camera come on at approximately that time, correct? Correct. But the phone's off, correct? Correct. With this line of questioning, Prosecutor Conrad appears to be laying a foundation of circumstantial evidence that it was Alex Murdoch who manipulated Maggie's phone walked around with it, and made calls and sent text messages to her phone after she was shot. 
I want to give this back to you, report that have you looked at it real quick. And you've also, I know, have studied this phone data in more detail than just in that report. Are you aware, after that 853 entry, of that phone ever recording any more steps? No, sir. The next set of steps it shows it recorded was on 6-8-2021 at 3-12-22 p.m. Okay. The next day? The next day, yes, sir. And let's circle back to that real quick. I know you were not present for the collection of Maggie's phone. Is that correct? Correct. But generally, the circumstances, as you understand them, are what and how it was collected? The phone was collected from the side of the road. Uh, it was given to crime scene. He brought it back and logged it into our forensic um, lab, at which point I went over, logged it out of the forensic lab, and then took it over to our office to log it in. And it was, But it was not collected until the next afternoon, correct? Correct. My understanding is it was found on 6-8-2021. All right. I think we're in a good stop. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will adjourn for the evening and start back at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Please do not discuss the case. With Judge Clifton Newman's adjournment of Day 5 of the trial of Alex Murdoch, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty. Please join our next installment as we continue our look at the testimony of cell phone forensics expert Britt Dove as Day 6 of the trial begins. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast Night Raid wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. 